Writing a book is part of my journey and certainly having great guests like David Hancock, who is a publisher on my show. It was an amazing experience for me. And don't tune out if you're not writing a book because there's really a greater story here. It's if you've been meaning to do something, if you've been meaning to get an idea out there, start a new sport, do something different, a new hobby, what have you. The insight that is shared in this conversation, it's not about writing a book, but it's about just do it. Just do it. The Nike expression, if you have been meaning to start something, do not let baggage from the past, your mindset, you can't do it, you're not good enough. I tell a story in this interview where I got B minuses in English, but I am writing a book because I want to, and I believe I have something to say. So think about it. Think about yourself and something you've been meaning to do, and then bring that into listening to this conversation I had with David Hancock. I think you're going to be inspired to try something different. Listen now. There's a bridge you cross as you're writing the book. It's easier today than it even was for me back in the 90s. And the bridge you're crossing is you're becoming not only in your own mind, because it does take research, it does take effort to write a book, it does take effort to make sure that you're getting across something that somebody else can benefit from. And again, as long as you're concerned about how the reader is going to benefit from it, if you really care about the reader learning from you, you'll cross this bridge. But also in the eyes of your fans and followers. And this bridge is a credibility bridge. It's an authority bridge. So the best time to start marketing a book is the moment you decide to write it for two reasons. One, you'll finish it if you tell people you're writing one because <laughs> they'll hold you accountable, hopefully. But two is even more importantly, is that you're going from the eyes of your fans and followers now, maybe your current client base, even your staff or even family to being just a really good person, a, a great resource. You know your business, you're doing well, you're successful for a reason, but the path of becoming an author has such a psychological impact on the public at large because most people want to write a book. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the drop-in CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, Join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I'm Deb Cobiello, founder of Illumination Partners, and I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I get to speak to amazing leaders week after week and bring their insights to you. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring you great programming. And I'd also like to make you this offer, The CEO's Compass, my new book. And that is my approach to helping CEOs transition through rapid change and elevate your teams. For more information about my consulting services, please reach out to me at dropinceo.com and let's start the conversation. And I'm just going to get started here. I am excited to share the mic with my fantastic guest, David Hancock. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much, Deb, for having me. What a privilege it is to be here. And I really look forward to hearing what I have to say. Oh, I, <laughs> we know that you have a wealth of knowledge for people. What I'm going to do is just talk a little bit about your amazing background. Dave, you have been amazing as a Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestselling author and the founder of Morgan James Publishing. NASDAQ cites you as one of the world's most prestigious business leaders, and you are reported to be the future of publishing. I am grateful that you have formed Morgan James Publishing and as being just a leader in the area of creative thinking and through your accomplishments, you are going to make a difference in the world of publishing and you have already. So I would love for you to share with my listeners a little bit about your journey because I think that anybody that has an idea, anybody that creates content, anybody that is a thought leader, if you haven't thought about publishing your work, you might be missing out because it's what elevates your credibility and your leadership in the industry. So take it away. I can't wait for you to share. It's an amazing journey that you have and the impact that you're having on so many people. Oh, thanks, Deb. I appreciate that. And it really has been a fun journey. I won't be able to tell the whole story because we are limited on time, but I'll try to give you the exciting parts. But I was a banker back in the 90s, you know, really fat, dumb and happy, never imagined doing anything else. And they were paying me stupid money. It's no wonder it all crashed and burned in 08. But I found myself a niche and I was doing really well. But I was competing with a thousand people in my community alone, which was offering the exact same product and service that I had. Now, granted, they may have had different names for it, but it was all loosely regulated banking products. But I was a success for a reason. But I've realized to stay there, I needed to figure out what more, you know, and I started to study everything from Tom Hopkins to Zig Ziglar to Todd Duncan to you name it. I studied it. I took their courses. I went to their classes. I bought their stuff. I implemented it. I'm really good at implementing it. And it all worked, but none of it worked. And I even had an unlimited ad budget. I could afford to do the things they wanted me to do. I could spend as much money as I wanted to because the bank paid for it. But none of it really gave me that bolster in the career that I was expecting for. I thought, there has to be more. So I continued to search, continued to, to work. I mean, sure, it worked a little bit, but it wasn't until I discovered a very specific book that ended up changing my life. And it's kind of funny. I don't remember where it came from, who gave it to me or how I got it. But one day I went to work and there was a copy of Guerrilla Marketing on my desk. Guerrilla Marketing by J. Conrad Levinson. It was in its third edition and I had never heard of him before. Never heard of the term Guerrilla Marketing before. I had just discovered the book and I resonated with it. As I started to read it, I realized that I was a gorilla and just didn't know it. I was doing unconventional things to gain conventional goals. I was leveraging my time, my energy, my imagination and developing relationships and serving others to be a success. So like I said, even though I had an unlimited bed budget, guerrilla marketing was all about people who didn't have access to that money. But for me, I might as well not because all my competition had the same budget I had. They were all doing the same thing as I had. So it might as well have all been zero. So as I started to resonate with the book, I realized, okay, I didn't necessarily learn anything else to do more than what I was doing, but I realized that Jay, as an author, did something that was very smart in his book. He encouraged the readers to reach out to him to help take it to the next level or understand further what it was. Now, I might have been a little bit shy, so I started to buy Gorilla Everything before I reached out to Jay. But the more I read about Gorilla Marketing, the more I got into it, I realized, yeah, this is pretty powerful. I'm going to go ahead and be brave and reach out to Jay. He'll never respond. But he responded and he and I developed a fast friendship and ended up hiring him as a coach. 
And he basically taught me nothing more than the book was already showed me. (laughs) I know, but I wasn't discouraged because his stories were amazing. And there was certainly a very good level of validation that I'm doing the right thing. This just might be it. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I could keep adding value. I have to keep caring about others and developing strong relationships. And that's good. It's a good thing to do. But he did finally teach me something that he kind of held out to the last. Of course, I'm paying him 10 grand a month to do so. So he's a smart businessman. (laughs) So he shared with me, he said, David, if you wanted to charge more and negotiate less, I mean, Deb, who doesn't want to charge more and negotiate less? That's like the worst thing is to have to negotiate your fees. He said, if you want to charge more and negotiate less, you've got to keep doing what you're doing, but you've got to add one more thing. And I'm like, finally, he's going to teach me something new. Although again, I wasn't complaining because I loved him and the stories and all that stuff. And he wasn't ready to share it with me that. He said, you've got to keep doing what you're doing. You've got to add one more thing because what you're doing is working. But the one more thing can change your life. And then he went on, of course, the next month to give me a similar story. He said, David, if you wanted to have clients that you never could get to return your phone call, if you want those clients to start begging to get on your calendar, you've got to keep doing what you're doing because you're having an impact. You're creating a name for yourself, but you need to do one more thing. And I'm like, Jay, <laughs> I'm ready to strangle you now at this point. But he did the same thing to me, kept coaching me. And then finally, the next month, he said, well, David, if you wanted to have the media start to call you on a regular basis when something happened in the banking business. And I'm thinking, I'm not the talking head kind of type. I see people on television get interviewed on radio and see them in the newspaper quoting what's going on in the world of banking so I could understand it. I just didn't think it might have been for me. And he said that it could happen if I added one more thing. <laughs> and I'm like, really ready to strangle him. But he did finally say, he said, David, you need to add a book. You need to write a book. And I was crushed, Deb. I really was. I was crushed because I'm like, who the heck am I to write a book? Why would anybody care? And I dropped out of college and I barely passed English in high school. Who am I to write a book? But he was very loving, very gracious. And he helped me understand that I was probably a success for a reason. And I certainly did do things differently. And I probably had enough information to, to write a book. And so he worked with me on an outline and I ended up writing a book. Didn't realize that was a hard thing to do. In fact, it ended up being a stress reliever. I ended up writing a little bit in the evening when I got home with my bride about what was going on that day. I kind of followed my outline loosely and ended up putting a book together. And I ended up getting it published. Didn't realize that was a hard thing to do either. Now, it wasn't Houghton Mifflin who had published Jay back in the day, but I got published by New York House. I felt very blessed. But it was one of the worst experiences I had ever gone through. It worked, mind you, in less than eight months, everything that Jay had professed happened. I literally doubled all my fees and nobody negotiated with me anymore, doubled my income. The people that would never give me the time of day were starting to beg to get on my calendar. The celebrity real estate agents, the high-powered CPAs, the high-powered attorneys became the go-to guy. It was exactly what I wanted. I swallowed my pride because I wanted their money, of course. And then sure enough, the media started to call me on a regular basis because I was the only local person who wrote a book on the banking topic. Now, my book was more of a marketing book on banking than anything. But again, I was the only local person who had a book on banking, so they felt comfortable talking to me. And my business exploded. But as I said, the publishing process was probably one of the worst experiences I had ever gone through. I'm very relational. I had no relationship with my publisher. They took my book, they did with it as they pleased, and spit out a book that I didn't like. It had a horrible cover. The title and subtitle were complicated. You didn't even know it was about a banking book until you got to the back cover. So those media really did some deep research on it. And then sure enough, I could never sell enough books to make the publisher happy. (laughs) But that wasn't why I I wrote the book. And I had to learn how to sell books and things like that. But I had no assistance from the publisher. And long story short, it just wasn't fun. But it worked. I think I ended up selling 40,000 copies to the bank I worked for. So it did well. But when it came time for me to think about doing another book, I was obligated to use that same publisher because most publishers lock you in for at least three books. So I ended up doing book two and book three. 
co-authored with Jay Levison and even with Jay on board, it was the same issue. We struggled over every conversation. We fought over every topic. And, and, and I'm not a confronting kind of person, but it was not fun. But it worked. Realize that the publishing side had some holes in it from the entrepreneurial side. I had to get permission to do my talks. I had to share with them my PowerPoint so I wasn't giving away too much of my book. And I had limited access to affordable copies of my book. It just wasn't fun. But who am I to complain because it worked so well for me? Then I realized that there's a hole in publishing. And I thought self-publishing was great, which I tried. And I had good success with it, but it wasn't the same. You know, the media wouldn't talk to me about my self-published books. Although in my mind, I thought they were far better. They looked better. They were clear as far as their titles and their covers. But I had limited distribution, Amazon only. So I thought, well, there's a big hole in self-publishing for the entrepreneur too. So I set out with JSELF. We actually worked a year on an outline for what an entrepreneurial gorilla back publishing house could look like. I had nothing to offer but my rugged good looks, which is questionable and a really good idea. But there was enough hole in the space that other entrepreneurs felt the same way that we built Morgan James around the opportunity to one day hopefully have credibility distribution opportunity of a traditional house. But dang, that would stay the heck out of the way to give the authors control, ownership, and higher profits from the self-publishing side. So I'm not sure what the question was, but hopefully that answered it. I had fun telling you. That is chock full of insight. So I'm just like going to pause here and reflect and figure out which direction to go in. But we're going to come back to the power, the insight that you have gained by providing a path forward for the entrepreneur to not share as much pain as you had to go through when it came to publishing a book for impact. But let's just kind of go back. <laughs> this is one of my superpowers. I listened to all the things that you said, and a couple themes came out in your story. You scrolled over it being unconventional, okay? When you got into guerrilla marketing, I'm unconventional, as if that was something that is a fault that's negative. And then you also talked about doing things differently, that you just did things differently. And then finally, you had a little bit of baggage there. Like, you know, I wasn't really good in English, so who am I to write a book? And that's exactly why we should be writing books, because we think differently. So anybody out there that's listening to this like doesn't think they have something to say, or they spoke up once and somebody didn't think it was favorable, that's how this great country <laughs> is founded on, is being able to think, express, and not have, be fearful, but have the courage to be able to say, I don't care what that English teacher said, I have something to say. And I'll tell you a little bit of story. I got B minuses in English. But boy, oh boy, could I communicate because people would tell me to shut up because you talk too much, Dad, because I could express my ideas, whether they were conventional or not. And that is something I'd like to encourage all listeners. You got a thought, you got something creative, you have a different view on something. That's what makes you unique and relevant and potentially start curating that content and consider writing a book. Yeah, absolutely. Did you realize you said all that? <laughs> I probably did, but yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and I also love the thing about the impact of writing a book. Like you think that I got to write one because I'm going to double my business. Is it that easy? No. <laughs> write a book, double my business. What's behind that though? Even if we were to work with you, somebody would say, you know what? I'm going to go with you. Yeah. What is it that the entrepreneur who has great content or is writing a book has to think about what kind of hard work do they have to do, even though you're going to pave a path that's going to make it maybe just a little bit easier for them. Yeah, that's a great question. And you're right. It's not necessarily just because you write a book, you're going to double your income. There is a bridge you cross. When you're thinking about it from an entrepreneurial perspective and a serving others perspective, there's a bridge you cross as you're writing the book. And it's easier today than it even was for me back in the 90s. And the bridge you're crossing is you're becoming not only in your own mind, 
because it does take research. It does take effort to write a book. It does take effort to make sure that you're getting across something that somebody else can benefit from. And again, as long as you're concerned about how the reader is going to benefit from it, if you really care about the reader learning from you, you'll cross this bridge. But also in the eyes of your fans and followers. And this bridge is a credibility bridge. It's an authority bridge. So the best time to start marketing a book is the moment you decide to write it for two reasons. One, you'll finish it if you tell people you're writing one because <laughs> they'll hold you accountable hopefully. But two is even more importantly, is that you're going from the eyes of your fans and followers now, maybe your current client base, even your staff or even family to being just a really good person, a great resource. You know your business, you're doing well, you're successful for a reason, but the path of becoming an author has such a psychological impact on the public at large because most people want to write a book, right? Only a small percentage do, and even smaller percentage get picked up by a publisher. And even still, you may land a publishing deal, but even a smaller percentage actually get published by traditional houses. So you cross a bridge in their mind of going from, I'm a good person, I know a lot, to becoming an authority, an expert in this, state, in this field, and you'll talk about the writing process, talk about wanting to write a book, talk about what the book's going to be about, talk about your conversations with agents or publishers, your rejections, and then finally getting the book published and then carrying them down that conversation until the book shows up in bookstores. There's an authority bridge that, re- that you cross that people become vested in this process with you. Realize, yeah, you, you are an expert in this. You are becoming the authority. You are the authority. I now see you as an authority. They talk about you and they're willing to help you down this path because they're seeing you grow in the space and they knew you win. So that by the time you're ready to say, hey, go buy my book or my book is available or something like that, you've also secretly crossed, like I crashed down like everybody can see me, you secretly crossed another bridge in the background. I call it the Seth Godin bridge. It's the permissions-based marketing bridge. You're earning permission to finally ask. Because if you just come out and say, hey, I have a book, buy my book now, you haven't crossed the authority bridge and you haven't earned their permission to sell them anything yet. Because you may already be selling widgets or other things in your company now, but you're not necessarily selling a book. So you're crossing another bridge in the background where you're getting people vested in the process. You're getting fans for the message. They know a book is coming because you're talking about a book, but you haven't asked them for anything now, which again, most people just jump right out of the gate and say, go buy my book. So that you're crossing that other bridge, the permissions-based bridge. So by the time you're ready to say, go buy my book, you're now the authority in their eyes. And you now got their permission and you have people that will buy bulk books and talk about it and spread the word because word of mouth is what actually ends up selling books. So the timing of this conversation is so relevant. (laughs) I hold back from telling the title because what if I change it? But you know what? The CEO's compass, it may or may not change, but the essence is there. The CEO's compass getting you back on track may be the book. And as we speak and as this episode airs, I am starting to tell the story of the book, reading it chapter by chapter. So stay tuned if you haven't tuned into my Friday podcast. We're going to start sharing the book with you. So by the time it hits the shelves, you've already read the book or already heard about it. And it keeps me accountable. So (laughs) the book is coming. (laughs) Don't worry. But I am so impressed with this. So you're the entrepreneur's guide for book publishing. I'm curious if there's a story, if there's somebody who has beat themselves against the wall, trying to get a book published through traditional means, and then they come to you and you change them or you change the experience. I mean, is there a story that resonates? Because I really want our listeners to understand that it's a noble cause to publish a book, but you help it to be a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'll tell you one of our first early successes is I met a guy, a guy named Joel Kahn. He was an authority in the space of digital marketing, specifically around Google products. One of the products was called the AdSense code. And the AdSense was a program still available today where you put little Google ads on your websites 
and you can earn money because they would show ads that are related to the content of your website. Not for everybody, very niche market, but he was an authority in that space. In fact, he had self-published a book on the AdSense code and how to know what it is and how to do it and whatnot. And he was having success, but he wasn't having the level of success that he desired and limited distribution, limited opportunity, maybe even priced a little too high for the general market. All the reasons were perfect for him to be a success and all the reasons were perfect for him not to be, if that makes sense. We met through a mutual friend at a conference and I fell in love with them, fell in love with the book. We created an amazing cover and a great concept for a niche book. And then within 90 days, he hit the, from being released, he hit the, the New York Times. He was our first organic New York Times bestseller. And he was on there four times from the book. And his business absolutely exploded because of the broader distribution. People, More people were discovering him. More people were buying his courses that went along with it. And then his speaking fees on the topic more than doubled. In fact, he really could control his speaking fee entirely. When you hit a New York Times bestseller list, heck, when you hit any major bestseller list, you kind of command a whole lot more than you can with or without a bestseller list, much less with or without a book. And his business skyrocketed today. And even over the years, he's been paid by major corporations just to be the spokesman for a particular time or for a particular product because he is a New York Times bestseller entrepreneur at heart and loves people, got a great personality, but that book, and he'll tell you today, pushed him over the edge. I laughed because he actually told me one day that he was going to be our first New York Times bestseller. And I just brushed it off because like, sure, (laughs) but he was, but it absolutely transformed his life. Now he's written dozens of books. We've published most of them. He's done phenomenally well, but it all started with having that passion, but limited distribution, limited opportunity to creating an amazing path for him was hitting the New York Times and beyond. And who are you not for? Because obviously it sounds you've honed a product that is really customized to help that entrepreneur build that credibility and cross that bridge. But who is the person that should not use your services? Because I want to make sure we differentiate because you're not for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that because we can only do about 150 books a year anyhow, so we have to fine tune it. But you said the right word, entrepreneur. So first and foremost, we cater towards entrepreneurs. But for us, 80% of our decision is the author. Who are they? What are they doing and why? Do they care about the reader? Are they passionate about the topic? Are they the right person saying the right thing at the right time? Well, it's important. But the why piece is one of the most important things. The book for us really needs to be part of a bigger picture. It needs to be part of a business or part of promoting a product or a service or a nonprofit or a faith message, something that the book is only a piece of it. I think any random house could publish any book and they should. But we love publishing books that are part of a bigger picture that helps the author grow because they wrote the book. Absolutely. And grow because they're the authority in the space. They can do the things that I did, charge more, negotiate less for the other things in our lives. You know, our most successful authors make far more income and opportunity because of their books than they do from the books, but they have to do well because we have to make money. So our, our path for publishing wouldn't be for somebody who's telling just a plain memoir. We're not a memoir publisher, but if you can spend a memoir to self-help and somebody can really learn and implement the things that made you a success, I'm all in. Or it might not be for a book that's just telling their legacy or if they just really don't care about the reader, if they're just writing a fluff piece to gain credibility, that's okay. But if they don't really care about the connection with the reader or growing their business, it's not for us. So really that entrepreneurial nature tied to something bigger is where we get excited. That's what gets me excited because the book that I'm writing is simply explaining the work that I do with businesses who are going through transformation and my approach, a customized approach based on every single person 
like I said, the compass, depending on what seas you're navigating, you might have to go north, west, southwest, etc. But it's an approach that I found that works over and over again. So I'm already doing the work. Why not spread the word, educate people? And if they need a little extra help, give me a call. Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's just talk about some people that you have impacted. This is one of those, this is your life. I've got a testimonial here and let's just call their name Paul. Dave, as good as they come, is an executive, publisher, family man, savvy business professional. I don't know if this sounds like you. A man of sterling character, great warmth, and genuine abundance mentally. It's no wonder Morgan James has become such a respected publisher. And working with David sharpens my skills as an entrepreneurial author. What is it that that interaction helped him sharpen his skills as an author? What a great testimony. I love that. I want that. For us, it's a team effort. The author is the most important part of our process, but we do have a really, and I have a passion for helping others, but we do want to find out what their goals are, what their passions are, what their really their end game is and try to figure out how to help them get there. And so sometimes you've got to coach them on the path and what to do, what not to do. We spend just as much time on authors on what they shouldn't do as the things that they could do or even should do, because you can waste time and money really fast. It won't get you anywhere, especially from an entrepreneurial perspective. Not every entrepreneur is making big money yet. So they've got to be very guerrilla style in their marketing. So we've got to help authors understand if you do this, it's going to cost this, whatever firm you hire, and you may not get your money back immediately or it may not come in back the way that you want. We've got to teach them to be concise. We've got to teach them to get out of their comfort zone and actually ask your audience to do something, both in podcast interviews like this, but also in the book. If you don't have a clear next step for them in your book, it's not going to work out as well. Sure, you could drop your email, your web address at the back of the book, and people may or may not go to it, but you've actually got to do something very compelling. Go do this and why, and here's how to do it. You've got to be very compelling. So those are the types of things that we love to do just because we know it makes a more successful book, makes a more successful entrepreneur, especially if you're trying to leverage the book. So you're more of a strategist. You're not just a publisher. Right. That's right. We don't charge for anything we do as a publisher. So all this coaching is just to help them do more because as Zig Ziglar teaches us, the more I can help them be a success, the more successful we're going to be. <laughs> I love it. So let's just switch this a bit because a lot of my listeners, and again, if you're listening to this, I am talking to you. We've got people at different places in their career, business owners, entrepreneurs, and my emerging leaders that I care for so much. They never even thought to write a book, but should they? Be thinking about leaving a legacy? What should people who never even thought to write a book, but may have a book in them, what kind of advice would you give them, even if it's something that they may not do for five or 10 years from now? What should they be thinking of now? Yeah, they absolutely should write a book. If you're an authority in your space, if you've had success in your life, if you've had challenges that you've overcome and have done well because of it, we need to learn from you. The world learns from our elders, not that you know, your audience is old. I'm saying we learn from those who go before us. You absolutely have to write a book. But again, I would avoid writing just a, a memoir of your story, because maybe you've had some great successes, but the world doesn't know your name yet. And that happens. There's a lot of phenomenal millionaires, even some billionaires that nobody knows who they are. Nobody's going to buy their book until they know who they are. So I always coach somebody that you got to tell your story. You've got to be able to teach others to do what you did and inspire them with how you did it. Tell your story so they can relate and fall in love with you. But you need to also have the next step for them. And it needs to be teaching them how to do it. Hopefully hire you as a speaker as you retire or something like that, or just go down your path as a successful entrepreneur, but you got to have ways to serve the audience. And I think you absolutely should write a book, even if it's not quite yet, start making some notes, start making some ideas on a table of contents or your outline that you might want to get across, but you definitely want to leave a legacy for those to follow, but clear action steps on how they could get there. 
Now, I want to ask you a question as a business owner. You are the CEO owner of your own company, and you share with me that in this day and age with COVID, everybody's reading books, so you're doing amazingly well. But for you as a business owner, entrepreneur, what keeps you up at night? You mean from a stress point, what might keep me awake at night? Well, actually, it could be stress or jazzes you up. Who knows? Which one? Cool. So I have just two. Obviously, growing a business can be stressful. There have been many nights, many, many nights that I wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat thinking, oh my gosh, I'm the sole provider of a family of 50. You know, that's a reality. And especially like last year, April and May of 2020, if you guys listen to this in the future, which I'm sure you will be, nobody bought anything. We all just kind of froze. Like Devin and I talked about before the show, just the world stopped. It was very stressful. I don't know if we were ever going to sell another book. And I've got six offices globally. I've got all these people that work for us. I've got all these books and inventory. You know, what's going to happen? You know? So those stresses are a reality. But how we move from them and how we continue going forward is where we really can have some growth. So I continue to encourage the team. I continue to invest in the future of the business. I continue to help keep others as upbeat as I can be. And it's on purpose. Every day I wake up, I'm going to be absolutely incredible no matter what, because that's who I need to be for my staff. That's who I need to be for our audience. That's who I need to be for our sales reps, you know, it's, it's part of the process. But what keeps me up at night from an excitement thing is seeing author after author after author have success and accolades because of the power of the book. Even if it hasn't sold great numbers for us, I get excited to see somebody leverage the book to accomplish goals and do things that are just so far unbelievable without the book. Great example, we have an author who has written a number of books with us. We're on the publisher, but his first book was a tale of entrepreneurial success, but also struggles. He had somebody embezzle money from him from within. He almost lost his entire business. And he told a story in a book, but also told tips on how to look out for these things, how to overcome the things when and if it happens and things like that, and gave us a path to get through it. But his book has done so well from that perspective. It's always been a good seller, but he won an award for his book. And I think a single press release got the word out. A reporter at the Wall Street Journal caught wind of it, did a full page, front page of the business section article on him. And just a few years later, he ended up selling his business, which is all about you know, cyber things for companies. He ended up selling his business for multi, multi millions of dollars, far above what it was actually worth when he first wrote the book, all because he became this authority. He shared his story. He got accolades. He got recognized. And again, the book sales were just doing this. Necessarily have anything to do with the book other than giving him the opportunity, the platform to present himself to the world. And the world recognized it and he was able to cash in. I love that last thing you just said, giving him the platform and the opportunity to share his story and his impact. And that's what the podcast is about, but the book is the next thing. To be able to share your voice, your thoughts, your platform, and potentially get recognized and have success. So I, I'm so in love with this conversation. You've been an amazing guest, David. Are there any last thoughts, advice for people that are thinking of writing a book, are writing a book, anything you'd like to share any other authors at this time for our listeners? You know, I have a passion for authors and helping them down their path. So I've got a podcast I'd love for you to listen to too. It's just called Morgan James Radio. And what we do is we interview successful leaders, whether they're published with us or not. We interview authors. We talk about the space of publishing. We talk about guerrilla marketing. It's a lot of fun. But I'm an author as well. So I've got a book, Wall Street Journal bestselling book called Performance Driven Thinking. And I'd love to give you a, your audience an opportunity to get a free copy of that book if I made that, if that's okay. Oh, my. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. So if you want to buy it, you go to any bookstore. It's Performance Driven Thinking. But I'd love to give you a copy. If you go to performancedrivenbook.com, you can download a free copy of the ebook and you can put it in any version you want. You can get the Kindle version, the Kobo, the Apple or PDF, whatever you want. And then I ask you, there's no obligation to read it. But if you love it, tell all your friends. 
If you hate it, we never had this conversation. Free copy at performancedrivenbook.com. All right. Amazing. You've been a fantastic guest. If people want to reach out to you, how best can they do that? I'm all over social media. I also you can find us at morganjamespublishing.com or on Facebook, The David Hancock. Very accessible. All right. Thank you so much for your insights, your energy. It was just pouring through. I sincerely appreciate. Wish you continued success in 2021. And just thank you for being an amazing guest. Uh, thank you for having me, Deb. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. For more information about our consulting or coaching services, please visit my website at dropinceo.com or visit our Drop-In CEO Facebook group to continue the conversation. Now go out, lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.